Good afternoon to everyone and thank you for choosing to spend your afternoon here with Sunil and myself. For those who don't know, I'm Patricia Rosenfaber and I do a podcast show to help people maximise property values. It's called Maximising Property Values and there's a link to the show just pinned above. Um, it's on the main podcast platforms um, so you can find it there and if you um, if you're your listening platform is not there just let me know and I will submit it to there but I've literally just restricted it to the main ones so Apple, Spotify, Google, Audible those ones but my show normally is a monologue but since November I've added a guest series as bonus scenes and my guest today is Sunil Popat. Let's get to know Sunil much more today. So who is Sunil? Sunil Poppet is a self-made multimillionaire making his money from property investments over a 30-year period. Sunil is still very active in seven property businesses and he provides all of the services of a high street and an online agent, including sales and lettings. He is also the co-founder of Property Millionaire Masterminds, which aims to help other property investors achieve their financial goals from property investing. Sunil is known by the quote, everything is possible. Sunil, welcome to Maximising Property Values. But before we go into your property activities, let's get to know you better. Now, what, what does that mean? It means that me being as nosy as I am, I'm going to ask you some questions which are not property related. So here you are for your two questions. So the first one is this, what is the best holiday that you've ever been on and why? do you say it's the best one? And then once I've got your answer, I'll ask you the second one. Uh, Patricia, thank you for inviting me today. And um, Maximizing Property Value is an excellent title for, for the podcast. Um, so it's, it's quite amazing that we spoke a while back about coming onto this podcast and sharing um, some information with you and your listeners, uh, which we welcome today. Um, I'm actually on holiday this week, so but I didn't want to not miss the opportunity. So this week um, we're in Devon and we're on a seven-day water fast. Um, so we came here on Saturday and it's now Wednesday. So for the last four days, this is the fourth day, so for the last three days um, all we've had is, is water and um, fruit teas. So as when you say which is the best holiday, so that it, we, we love going on retreats like uh, juicing holidays. Um, so th I would say that looking after myself and m my wife, Gita, um, these holidays we really enjoy. So we've, we've been to Dubai. Um, that was very good. Uh, we've been across, you know, some other parts of the world. But I think it's a time of our life where we're looking after ourselves, which is more important. So this, this um, we're doing this, yes, to get fitter, but it's also a mind over matter. 
So in property, we have challenges that come across our way and we, we deal with those on a daily basis. But when it comes to personal health as well, uh, mindset is so important in property as, as well as in personal life. So th this is probably one of the best holidays we've had because it's actually giving the body a rest. I hope that answers your question. Wow, seven days of a water fast. I would die. I'm sure I'd die. Just water and what? Fruit teas? Oh my gosh. You're going to come back so like healthy. How much weight do you think you guys are going to lose? Because that's the only thing that's going through my mind at the moment. <laughs> it must um, be amazing. So, yeah, with already, I think we've lost two kilos each. Uh, so we, yeah, since we got here, but I, th I think it's more about mindset as in putting yourself in a challenge and then achieving that challenge. But yes, it does give every organ of the body. There are talks here as well. And uh, at one thirty every day, an expert comes and they give talks. And the, the amazing thing is, is they explain what the water fast is doing. So it, it it releases all the toxins in your body, which are then released out of the system. So all the things that we carry around with us. And and honestly, Patricia, the, the amazing thing on day four, we don't feel hungry. Yes, we were a little bit weak this morning, but we don't feel hungry at all. And I think the body's ability to take over and to feed uh, the right parts of the body and continue is absolutely amazing. So. Wow, not to talk about your waistline. Do you know, I I was introduced to juicing a couple of weeks ago and like, you know, with everything that I do, if I if I if I if I'm keen on something, I just go all in. So anyway, I was juicing. And then um we went to this wedding and it was like a self-service um um, uh, um uh, buffet thing. And I heaped my plate. Do you know? I could I couldn't even eat a quarter of it because my tummy had shrunk so much and I thought wow and and then I was quite embarrassed because I thought why it's why is my plate still over it flowing and I've not eaten it because I don't like to waste food but normally that would have been you know my, that would have been my normal portion okay it wasn't that big but still I could not eat it so I I do you know what I, what you've said today has inspired me and i'm 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 going to aim to do that just a water and fruit teas diet for seven days i'll let you know i'll let you know i'll let you know if i survive <laughs> oh my well gosh. the juicing the juicing is good as well so that that allows you to take the vitamins into your body um so that that's excellent you know to to, to be doing that as long as the juices are vegetable base it, it's you get all the nutrients that your body needs which is fantastic yeah i didn't i i do feel amazing but anyway, let's go back to your number your second question can you think of a time when you were most filled with trepidation and why were you feeling like that and how did you overcome that feeling again not property related Um, 
that's such a difficult question because I can't think of a time when I, you know I had trepidation or fear in any way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling, and today, okay. they, not, not they, today. I'm just struggling with the question, as in I, I can't seem to think of a time when you know there was so much. I've been so blessed, to, to be honest with you. I've been so blessed that you, you know God has looked after us, and you know in terms of health and wealth and uh, I've just had a positive life, and that's maybe, un uh, you know, un unfortunate for other people. But yeah, it's not at their expense. But you know, I've just been so blessed, you know, with with family that you know, my mum, she's such an inspiration to us. Um, so yeah, we, we've been shielded in many ways by her. So, yeah, sorry about that. I can't answer <laughs> no problems. No problems whatsoever. And amazing. You know, and, and you are saying, you know, God has blessed you. You haven't been through that. So that's, that's a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. So now that we've got your questions out of the way, let's talk property. So I've pinned above a link to your estate agency. Now, how do you find that? How do you, how have you got the time to be running seven property businesses? Tell us, share with us so that other people can also learn what, you know, their capabilities might be. You know, they might be able to emulate you and run seven businesses or even more. So my, uh, the first business was a buy to let business, which is my core business, which is where I spend most of my time. So that's a buy to let portfolio that's based partly in Sittingbourne and partly in Stoke-on-Trent. So I was living in Stoke-on-Trent in 2004 and between 2004 and 2006 um, I purchased a number of properties mainly at auction um, and at that time you could buy a property in one auction and a month later put it back in the same auction and make 10 grand because the market was moving so good in that area. So. Um, I still have those properties in, in Stoke-on-Trent um, and that they're all rented and that's a, one portfolio and then I have another portfolio in Sittingbourne in Kent and then I have other properties dotted around the country like in Reading and places like that where I used to live. Um, so, uh, so that's one business and then in 2007 um, as, the, as the market crash happened or to, just at the beginning of 2008 I had friends that were landlords or they were they were unable to sell their property and if it was as somebody had walked into our office which we had a very very small office in the and um we our main aim was just to manage our properties but then people knew we were in property and came along and said i've got a property i cannot sell it because of the market situation could you rent it out for us and that's how the letting agent started and the letting agent then continued and then we uh, started sales as well and removals and other businesses within the estate agency. We've taken out the removals part and now we've concentrated in lettings and and sales. So um, so that's that's how the estate agency occurred or happened by accident, not by planning. Um, it's fantastic because it's we've now got a big shop front in the high street. We work from there. People know us because of the brand, and 
leads come in uh, for investment as well as people wanting to sell their property either through the estate agency in the normal way or through auction or I've had people actually walk in and say I know you buy properties um, I have my mum's you know sort of in a care home and we have to pay the fees and we need money and we need somebody to buy the property and that's happened on a number of occasions and in that situation um, within a few days we've paid the fees to the care home and then have a contract for exchanging on the property that the, the parent was living in uh, or the, the person that's gone into the care home was living in um, and yet they were we gave them the option either to put it on the market or a below market offer so it served us well and the brand is served us well um, and then we have the other businesses are related to different companies which we hold different partnerships in so I have one partner uh, which we're coming to the end of a project um, so that will, the company will be dissolved once the, the shares are, are taken care of and all the lenders are paid back and I have another partner where we do a lot of planning gains and planning uh, where we've got about five five companies in that little group so that the the seven companies have now expanded over time um, to about 11 companies and we have a holding company that that manages all that as well then I hold properties in each project is held in a separate company that's how it becomes a separate so it's not seven different types of property companies it's probably very similar companies if that makes sense ah okay because i yeah because i read that as seven different types of businesses um but it's actually seven companies now 11. um right okay great stuff but in any event you've you've actually listed six types of businesses so you've got your buy to let portfolio you've got the lettings you've got the sales you've got the removals actually which is now removed so i guess we're down to six um then you've got the jv side that you're doing with people and then you've got the planning gains uh, business and um okay so then no, no, okay yeah that is six minus one five okay five types of businesses still a lot how do how do you actually manage all of that because there must be a skill to to being able to juggle so many balls at the same time how do you do it what magic do you draw upon to, to, to enable you to do it i think people think that you have to be highly organized you have to be this and i don't for me that hasn't been the case it, it, there is focus and yes there is hard work in terms of making sure that you attend to everything but um, not everything is happening at the same time so if we put if we're preparing a planning application we, we are preparing a planning application at the moment so we're waiting on reports from um, urban design and we're waiting for a report from transport so until we get those reports that company or that project cannot move forward so it's checking on them on a weekly basis, but that's taking maybe five, 10 minutes. So it's not major involvement of time. It's a focus, it's looking at different things at different times. So nothing, not everything happens at the same time. And in the lettings business uh, and the sales business, I have a team 
of 10 people, which with a manager, a lettings manager who managed that business. So I'm not overly involved on a day to day in the lettings business, uh, but I go in at half past eight every morning and we have a, have a, a meeting with the team and they know what to do. Um, and then we check everything, but the involvement is becoming less and less. And on the other, other businesses, it's um, having simple spreadsheets and systems to, to be able to check and having planners or architects. What, what I have found is you have to manage these people, the architects, it doesn't, you know, we've got four different architects on four different projects and each one of them needs a weekly call. Each one of them needs Zoom calls to, so we have weekly meetings with them to manage their progress. And if we don't, we find that our, our uh, project will not be at the top of the forefront of theirs. But when you have a Zoom meeting and they've got a report back in the following week, they're, they're doing stuff during the week. So I hope that helps. But yeah, it's, I don't think you have to be super organized, but I think it's more of a case of uh, not everything happens at the same time. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that, that definitely ought to help anyone who's, you know, thinking about doing, you know, quite a number of things, you know, at the same time, which is you diarise time to chase, you know, people that you are paying to get stuff done. How, how are you finding solicitors at the moment? Are you finding that they're proactive, reactive, um, on the ball, raising silly inquiries or not? What is your experience of the ones that you use? The, I, have, I have a solicitor and although I'm based in Kent, she's in Manchester and we have never met in person, but we do everything by, um, if, if I need to sign documents and I have done, uh, then she'll do me, she'll do a Zoom call and we've purchased uh, over since 2019 some, some large commercial properties and she's been absolutely amazing. And we've built up a relationship over time where um, she's got a young child who's less than two years old. So she, she doesn't always work during the day, but she'll work in the evenings. So I'll receive emails in the evenings or if there's communication, uh, I'll receive WhatsApp messages. Uh, I'm looking, as I said at the beginning, I'm looking at a property and I've sent her the link to the, to the site, uh, the auction site, and she's done a review over the weekend. So I've personally, and I pay her, you know, well, I think is, um, we've got a great relationship. Personally, my solicitor is fantastic and you need that. On the estate agency side, it is very hit and miss with uh, getting a solicitor and you may get one solicitor or two solicitors that are great, but then something happens. And the, the biggest frustration is them asking inquiries not in one go, but one bit at a time. We were selling an incomplete project um, for a landlord and it was a, a, a conversion of a basement. And it's quite a large basement and it was converted into two bedroom flat. And this guy came along and he said, yes, I'll purchase it, um, cash, uh, you know, a great deal. And it all signed up very quickly. And then it took six months for him to go through because of his solicitor and we answer 30 questions and then they ask more questions so yeah it's solicitors you just got to find the right one you just got to keep shopping i think 
so you are extremely lucky then with your one who is in Manchester um, because my my experience has been yes ask this question today and then tomorrow think about another question to ask and then it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on um, and one of my mentees first time buyer his transaction took just coming up to six months nothing for the vendor to sell and even then it was like push push make enemies push make enemies push <laughs> anyway it eventually completed um and um yeah it's it's been it, it, it has been quite frustrating and other people as well you know talk about their experiences some are very very good um and you know, even the good ones, unfortunately, I think are being hampered by um, other solicitors who will encourage clients to sue their solicitors. So everyone's literally covering their backs. And that just takes so long, so long, so long, so long. So Sunil, what are you up to right now, you know, property wise? Do, do you have any case studies that you might be able to share with us? Um, anything, you know, really interesting um, or challenging or not, or easy, you know, whatever it might be. What is what is making you wake up with a smile on your face, if anything? <laughs> no, every day I get up, I'm excited. I'm excited for, you know, properties has served me so well, you know, over 30 years. And I, I was saying to... Uh, a colleague not so long ago on Clubhouse that I'm blessed because I thank my younger self because when I was 23 I made the decision to go into property or I purchased my my first property uh, that I still receive an income from now. But I look at I look at some some of my peop some of my friends that went to school with me, and one of them actually rents a property from me, and that's not that's not good or bad. Is I could have been in a similar situation if I hadn't done something when I was younger. And I think, you know, so that, that is really, really good that I am, I think about that all the time that I'm, I'm really ha happy that, you know, I did certain things when I was younger that's now allowing me to do much more in my life than I would have been able to do otherwise. Um, yeah, th this year is all about completing a number of projects. So we've just completed in January, uh, a church conversion in Dover, which was nine apartments. So that was brought in 2015. It took us time to get planning. And then as soon as we started, we went into lockdown and various things, but, but it's all finished now and it's rented out. Uh, so that's nine units in Dover. Then we had another, which is in Kent. And then we had another project at the same time in Faversham, uh, which was uh, with a business partner. And that was four conversions sorry conversion of four apartments in an office and then there was land at the back which we built for uh, sorry three apartments so that's seven in total and then we sold the basement off because that was uh, the basement wasn't going to make us any money by the time we'd finished so we sold it off and took them took the profit at that stage um so so yeah th those i mean th there have been challenges with both of those projects uh, and the second one we had the fire officer come in really near the end and he's insisted on a sprinkler system which we weren't able to put in so now we've agreed on a mist system and a dry riser to provide 
more security, but this is all to do with Granville and fire officers, you know, insisting that certain measures are increased. And our argument has been, well, the regulations don't say this, but if he wants it, then we have no choice because in order to exit the project, we, we are at the last stage because the properties have been sold. Um, we have, yeah, the properties had been sold and we can't complete, we have an exchange, but we can't complete until the fire regulations are done and we have a certificate of completion. So it's about, yeah, so trying to complete that and trying to enter new projects. Um, we've got a number of applications in planning as well. Do you know, you, I, I'm having to look at um, putting in a mist uh, system in a flat, um, it's a single flat, but because I'm opening up the kitchen, um, into a you know a true open plan. Um, again, my building regs person said to me, Patricia, you are going to need to either have a sprinkler system or a mist system. So I think you've actually chosen the better of the two options by going for a mist system because there's less water damage, isn't there, um, with a mist system as opposed to a sprinkler system that just literally drenches the whole property. And then, you know, you put out the fire, but then you've got water damage. <laughs> Uh, uh, but mist systems apparently are very, very good. And, you know, once they quench the fire, you might not even know that there was ever a fire or that, you know, you had water, you know, putting it out because it sucks out the oxygen, apparently, and reduces the heat. Um, so, um, but, but, you know, with your research, are you actually able to, to recommend a MIST system? Because I'm just at the process of, of commissioning someone to actually do it. Um, and, you know, maybe you've done a bit more research than I have done. And also people who might be listening to this on the podcast might be in a similar position and they might be thinking, oh, yeah, OK, you know, we can start, you know, our due diligence by maybe looking at, you know, this or that or, you know, whatever. So you, the system that you've got, do you, would you recommend it? Well, obviously you're using it, um, but would you recommend it for any particular reason? Yeah, it's pretty sure it wasn't necessarily the system for me because I wasn't, uh, so the fire, fire officer insisted on a, sprinkler system and we fought for three months because that sprinkler system not only in cost but in terms of the, pro the, the property had already been completed so if you imagine that the the property has already been all the kitchen everything is in and it and we'd sold the property so it was showroom condition um so to put a sprinkler in it was, it was near on and impossible so we went back and then we put a dry riser as well as a mist system but the company that helped us which is ipm mist system and i can say i can check the name and send you their details but it was their level of service that they gave us that first of all they came out they surveyed then they spoke to the fire officer um, they got involved very very early and they did a lot of work and i was i was speaking to their md um, in, in how to respond to the fire officer and everything else. And they helped us tremendously. So it was a level of service rather than the the system that we were going to put in. To me, uh, I wouldn't, you know, from a technical point, I wouldn't know if it was a good system or a bad system, but the level of service told me that they were good um, and they, they came recommended from the 
building controller he, uh, the building controller put us in contact with them so uh, the building control ultimately was going to sign the property off so that made sense as well um okay okay um okay i guess i've kind of like you know i i i've been looking into miss systems for the past month <laughs> um but i think i think i think you've done really well to go for a miss system i think they are superior to um sprinkler systems okay so um you've been extremely busy so nine units in dover um and Dover's really, really nice. And I think, you know, up and coming even more um, because isn't one of the ports now being routed to Dover? It was going to be Ramsgate, but then I think the local authority decided that it couldn't afford to build um, a port there. And I think all of that traffic is now going to Dover, which is good news for anyone who's got property in Dover. Um, so you seem to 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 to, to favour Kent. So Sittingbourne, Dover, Faversham, any particular reason? Um, yes, uh, I mean, I think working on my own doorstep because I know the local area, easy to travel, easy for contractors, easy to get materials and management. Although the properties in Stoke-on-Trent we have, we manage from our Sittingbourne office. So we'll use a local agent to find us a tenant. Uh, we have a maintenance guy there and he does all the maintenance to the properties, but collecting the rent and tenant management is done from a central location in, in Sittingbourne, which is, with the internet and various other tech is, is so easy. Um, so yeah, I want to work local. There are opportunities further afield, but I, I just feel that I don't want to travel to too far and a lot of the properties are in Sittingbourne because we've we've got to a size where we can actually influence the rent we've got to a size where with our landlord base as well as our own properties um, we, we, we know what's happening in the market if a property comes on or um, for for you know we, it's just knowing the local market is is so so great and following on from that yes we need we need to network we need to get to know people but it's when people get to know what you do yourself that's when the magic happens because people know that you're in property or that you are the best you know the best cycle repair shop or or whatever it is so i think staying local has its has its advantages um if yeah yeah so staying staying local is is great um i buy as i said from before from auction so both of the, the dover property which was a ex church uh, was brought at an auction and by the way that one was nine units but it didn't the fire officer or the um uh, the building controller did not insist on a sprinkler or a mist system we just have a fire panel um, and so that one was quite easy so I think working close to home has its major, has major advantages. So over the years, what kind of differences have you seen in prices in, let's take Sittingbourne, because you first bought um, there in, in 2004. 
Um, so, you know, what were 2004 prices like and what are prices there today? You know, let, let's take, um, what do you normally buy? Do you normally buy houses or do you buy flats as well or a mixture? Um, yeah, so in 2004, I was buying in Stoke-on-Trent, but prior to that, I started in 89. So in 89, uh, a property in Sittingbourne was 300, sorry, not 300, 30,000 for a terrace property, no parking near the high street. That same property is now being valued at 230,000. So the, in, in it's a long time, but you know, prices have doubled and tripled over time. So if you hold on to the property, um, you know the values of it will continue. And one one particular property, like I purchased for thirty thousand in in I think it was ninety one, is now, as I say, you know, gone up by two hundred thousand. Um, and I've remortgaged it twice in order to release money to buy other properties. So, but when I started, it was it. I didn't realise because my, my mortgage rate was 7% and I was a bit naive and it was recession time and it went up to 15% within a couple of months. Um, and I had two jobs to try and make sure that I paid the mortgage for uh, include plus the rent that I was able to pay the mortgage. So, but yeah, property prices have increased absolutely everywhere, even in Stoke-on-Trent. Um, property prices have, have doubled over over time, but it takes longer for them to, to go up. Do you know, I love hearing about the history of prices. So 30,000 in 89 is now 230, which people listening to this might be thinking, well, actually, that's not bad. That's actually quite, that sounds quite cheap. But you know, if you then go back to 89, when it was 30,000, you just think things have moved on so much in that space of time. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. So how many, how many, how many, what percentage is that? So 30, if it was 60, that'd be a hundred. Um, oh, I, I can't, I can't work it out. A lot of times over. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think, I think the key is, is that it's, it hasn't gone up year on year. It, it, what, what's happened is that we've had big, big fluxes of in, increase. So just before the pandemic, that property was probably 150 in, in Sittingbourne, and that has gone up 50,000 or 80,000 from 150 to, to 230, 80,000 in less than two years. Um, so that's the difference that the market has moved very, very sharply in the last two years and that's partly do you know people are looking to come out of london and and and, tra and, and come to places like Sittingbourne or to the coast uh, with a with a direct train link into into the city but i hear so many more people saying yeah, they don't want to go back into the city i was talking to a chap here last you know last few days and he's saying you know i work for legal in general in the city but I'm working from home and I'm going to continue to work from home. So I think all of those are having an effect on price. Wow. You know, talking about prices and things, do you, so I was talking to someone about this just, you know, in the last few days, and we were, we were asking ourselves how much Clubhouse has contributed to 
price is going up or the market not acting as people would expect. What do you think about that? Do you think there's a clubhouse effect on the property market in the UK? Probably in other places in, in the world as well, or, or maybe not? I can only talk from my personal viewpoint. And, you know, I've got some great friends and Craig is in the audience and Mark Lloyd is in the audience. And I would say that spending time every morning with these guys on, on the property coffee meet and other people like Anthony, Dave, Emmanuel, Julie, Trish, you know, if I've missed anybody, I'm sorry, but that those guys are absolutely amazing. And it inspires me every single day of what they're doing. I mean, Craig's doing so much more, you know, uh, Mark's, you know, growing his uh, property business, his training businesses over the last year, and now just been awarded for the fastest growing crowd property funding, you know, it, so all of these things that come to life, because property can be lonely. And I had a, I had a circle of friends who were in property, but they were at a certain level. And they were great, you know. They were in, in, they, they were inspiring. They were they they they're good people. They, they, there's nothing wrong, and I still spend time with those people. But to have a group of people that are further and thinking more and asking different questions, and that is, you know, motivational. So that is that that is clubhouse for me. That you know, I've now got a group of friends that I could pick up the phone to and have a conversation with or ask a question like this morning the question was around trust and how does you know if i wanted to buy property into trust although i've been in property a long time other people have more knowledge about certain things and that's the effect of clubhouse has been absolutely for, for me personally you know patricia we would never have met uh if it hadn't been for clubhouse and i would have never have met many of the the people like dr elizabeth that you know, I spent time with on on Clubhouse previously. Um, so I absolutely think, yes. Has it increased the amount of prices? I think training has gone up. I think people are more open to trainings now because of Clubhouse. I'm not sure if Clubhouse has increased prices, but it's certainly brought people together, which is which is fantastic. Wow. And, you know, everyone that you've mentioned, I think apart from maybe just one person, I would definitely endorse what you've said. Amazing people. And, you know, like you say, um, you know, but for Clubhouse, how many people would, you know, me, for instance, being an introvert, I'm like, you know, stay at home person, do not go out person. <laughs> um, funnily, actually, I got a, an invite to, um, a property networking thing and it was you know we have 300 places available and there are only 19 left and I honestly shuddered I thought oh my gosh too many people there I it would not be for me so you are absolutely right there are so many people that I have met on Clubhouse that I would not otherwise have met and um and I I remember we we used to be in a room together didn't we Jim's room um, I was pro and yes. it yes. was fun you know those evenings just sitting there and just chatting away and in fact I haven't seen Jim around for a while um, and um, yeah just easy days of just just getting to know one another and and 
finding out what other people are doing and you know when you're half as nosy as I am it's just fascinating <laughs> um, which is great stuff so uh, you yeah. Sunil, what are your plans going forward you know, in terms of property? Clearly, you, you've not spoken about retirement, so that is not, you know, on the cards. So that means that you are you are active and you 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 mean to continue to be active. So what do you have kind of like, you know, on your plate right now looking at? You know, apart from the planning ones, you've spoken about, you know, you've got five properties and where you're applying for planning. But, you know, other than that, are you doing anything else? Yes, yeah, so um, we've got land that we want to build on. So we've got land in, in again, in Kent, which is uh, nine apartments. Um, so that's, that's going to be built out this year. We're also looking for properties. I've made an offer yesterday uh, to uh, an auctioneer which is a property. It's a funny story, this one, because we actually manage the block of 15 units. Uh, there's 15 apartments in a block. We actually, we're managing, we've been managing as a letting agent for the last six years. And I've been speaking to the owner since September and his indication was that he wanted to sell. Sorry. And it, yeah, he's finally, decided to put it into auction so I have I am interested I have made an offer so I'm just waiting for the auctioneer to come back to see if we can purchase it before auction and it, it will be a share sale rather than a a company sale uh, sorry a, a share sale of a company rather than a property sale or a property purchase um, so yeah I, I don't intend to retire I, I, I love what I do um, and We'll continue to look for deals. We'll continue to look for opportunities within our own properties where, you know, we've got one, another project going on at the moment, which is a townhouse. Uh, where, um, I've had this for 20 years, never seen the opportunity because there's a piece of land on the side. And I put in planning for two, uh, sorry, I put in a, a planning for one house initially. And then when it went into planning, uh, we adjusted the plans to make it two apartments. So it's a two bedroom and a one bedroom. So that's being built this year. Um, personal development is big for me. So that's again on the cards, you know, sort of what I spend my time doing more of. Um, I intend to write a book and, and, and things like that. So that there's more, I think, yes, I'll probably slow down as, as years go on, but I, will ne I don't think I'll ever be out of property because of, I, I just love what I do. And I think, you know, having a purpose in life and getting up every morning and doing things. And I see, as I, as I keep coming back to the auctions, when the auctions were in the auction room, um, I used to talk to the elderly people in the auctions, you know, just go up to them and have a conversation. And they've been in property for 50 years. You know, they've been in their property all their life, uh, or sorry, in, in the property business and how, how they continue to you know to run those businesses not for the money but because they just love what they do and i think yeah i see myself in that space that i don't want i never think about retiring if you speak to my wife Gita, she'll tell you that you know that i'm never going to retire so i hope that answers your question
Oh my goodness, yes, definitely. Now that's that's really interesting. So this guy whose who's block you've been managing for the last six years and who was indicating from September that he wanted to sell, why didn't he just talk to you? Because by going into the auction, if you if your offer is accepted, he's still going to have to pay the auctioneer when he might have been able to avoid all of that if he'd just spoken to you directly and said, you know, this is how much I want. And you could have said, well, okay, fine, I'm not going to pay that or, you know, put it in an auction and we'll see how it goes. But you might have been able to say, yes, okay, fine, let's do a deal. And then there would have been some savings there. What is his thinking? Do you think he will accept an offer pre-auction or do you think he's um, been advised to let it go to auction and see you know, how it, how it actually fares. You're absolutely correct. And um, we were astonished this week when, uh, on Friday, when the auctioneer contacted me and said, the owner has asked me to contact you. And I thought, well, why, why would you do that? Because yes, you're going to, the, the, the seller is going to have to pay you a fee. Um, but they want it at arm's length. There's a conflict in some ways because we we are the lettings agent or a sales agent. So initially, when they approached us in January and said, "You know, what's the market like and everything else?" We've been speaking for a very long time, and they wanted to do a share sale, and we made an offer early uh, and said yes. And I showed on the very first meeting, I actually indicated that I was interested. So there was no conflict so they they knew where we stood so they could have moved away from us at that stage and said okay we're going to go to an auction house we're going to the difficulty was is valuing the property so um we, we use various methods to value it but he wanted an independent valuation so he, we had somebody they had somebody then they then they went with a third party from london who'd never probably been to the area uh, and they valued the property and it was a lot more than we we would value or somebody else had valued locally so from a local point local value would have valued it differently to a national valuer so but the value is the value and that's what the difficulty was getting to a, a value where it was fair for the seller and it was fair for the buyer um, and then I think the the auction situation occurred where they said you know what are our options and we have to do the right thing as an agent to, to give them you know I think I feel good that I've given them the correct uh, information and advice along the way maybe I've lost out but if it's going to come back it then it will come back if it's meant to be it will be if not then yeah but he's he was certainly going to end up with a lot more money via going to auction even if he has to pay the fees um, so because there are other people now interested ah okay um and um if you are going to buy this so um it's going to be a share purchase so buying the company as opposed to the property so clearly clearly you are going to be saving a lot on stamp duty because you're only going to be paying stamp duty at the rate of 0 0.5 percent which is the stamp duty rate on shares as very distinct to even with the multi-dwelling relief um 
you'd still be paying, you know, something at 3%, um, um, you know, if not, you know, on the whole thing. But if if we if we just step back just a little bit, um, I know that you've been managing it. Are there any other staff involved? Are, you know, are there, you know, liabilities that you're going to be taking on? Because, you know, one would assume that, you know, by buying the shares, you're actually buying the business as a going concern. Um, so are you taking on any other type of liabilities um, in, in, in this respect? Or are there um, none? Well, the company only holds this one property, which is great. And we know all the tenants because some of the tenants we inherited from another agent and some of the tenants we put in. So the tenants, tenants we inherited from a tenancy point of view, we know if their deposit is protected or if they had a deposit or the EPC. So uh, they're, they're elderly people in a block. And the great thing is, is that they, they stay a long time. Once they move in, they don't move out. So that is a major benefit to that particular block. But yes, there's no, we've done the, done the research in terms of checking the company um, and I'm, I'm sure that will be ironed out but there's no other no, nothing else they've got no borrowing so you know it was a the, the person that's selling inherited it uh, from their family they've had it a long time and now they you know for, for various reasons they want to exit because they want to use the money for something else so but yeah the figures were like yeah, you know, in the auction guide, I mean, we were look. We made our initial offer at eight hundred. We went to one million. Then it's in, in the auction at one point one. We went to one point two, and today it's at one point four. So clearly, having an auctioneer on board, or outsourcing it to an auctioneer, has helped them. So that whatever their fees are, and the and the other part, uh, it sounds bizarre, but uh, the auctioneer came through us because the, the, the person isn't in the UK. So we actually found the auctioneers for them. We found three and we had, they were allowed to have um, interviews uh, with the with the seller and he chose one. And in order to get the business, they said, yeah, we, we'll take 50% of the commission fee, which if we were to purchase, if we were to purchase direct, we wouldn't get that fee but now if it goes to somebody else yes we'll still get a fee because we we've been involved but that that's where there is a line where but we've been up front with the line all the all the way that i am interested as an as an investor as a separate company as well as the estate agency doing it, its part wow that's yeah that sounds very very good and you know, uh, even if, if you were to get it for one point four, that on average means that each unit you'd be getting for less than a hundred thousand. So that can't be a bad thing. Do you think you might go even higher? Well, as soon as we finish this uh, talk today on Clubhouse, I need to ring the auctioneer back because I said to him I'd ring him back before two o'clock and give my final offer. But I think it's going to continue to go up. But yes, I will make another offer. Uh, but I don't know where I'll go from there because it's, it's, it does all make sense in terms of below 100. You know, there's, as I was speaking to, uh, to Jason or indicating to Jason earlier, you know, if we could title split the property, then that, that may be a major benefit going forward. 
to, to increase the value. Um, so yeah, it, I've been in two minds all morning, but I think you've helped me a lot. So thank you. <laughs> I've done nothing. <laughs> um, but uh, so what, what kind of units are they? Are they studio flats, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, uh, possibly even three? There's 10 one bedrooms and then three twos and two threes. Wow. Oh, it sounds, I'm, I'm even excited for you. It sounds really, really great. So well, anyway, all the very, very best. And, you know, Sunil, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to me during your holiday away, your water fast holiday, where you're only drinking water and fruit teas for seven days. Do you know, I've, I've, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I am going to do this. I just don't know when, but you know, I, I feel challenged to do this because you're just proving that you know I'm not gonna die, um, and I'm gonna lose lots of weight in the process. So that's that in itself is a is a very very big incentive. Um, but honestly, thank you very very much for doing this with me. Now, Sunil, how can people contact you? So I've pinned a link to your estate agency above. So people in the room, you can click on that to get to contact Sunil. And also um, you can email uh, Sunil by um, emailing um, Sunil, S-U-N-I-L, at familyhomes.co.uk. So that's Sunil at familyhomes.co.uk. How else can people contact you, Sunil? Oh, sorry, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity today. And yeah, there are 19 people on the water fast. So there's, there's quite a lot of people from different parts of the world sort of wanting to improve that. But yeah, um, on, on Clubhouse, yeah, I'm always on Clubhouse. So message me in the back channel or my mobile is on the on my profile. So pick up on my mobile um, and then yeah, just message me or text me and I'll, I'll certainly get back to you. I love talking to people. Uh, about property and I think Clubhouse has been absolutely amazing bringing us all together so thank you Mr Clubhouse. Great stuff so um, you know people on pop uh, on Clubhouse just tap on Sunil's face and then you can get to follow him and if you are listening to this on the podcast his mobile number is 07973 seven eight two three eight nine so that is zero seven nine seven three seven eight two three eight nine um so you can contact him um if you um want to do so you've got so many avenues to do to do so um and on that note we are going to finish and next week I have got booked into my diary, Emmanuel Ezekiel. So if you want to hear Emmanuel, you want to listen to him, you want to learn from him, you know the drill. Wednesday at 12 noon, we will be here. So thank you very, very much for choosing to spend your afternoon here with us and have a great day, everyone. And Sunil, good luck with the rest of the fast. No, I was Take going care. to say thank you. And I was going to say that Emmanuel is an amazing person. Um, I've, I've spoken to him on Clubhouse many a times and I've also 
partnered up with him on a on another project. Uh, the guy's knowledge and it is is absolutely amazing in terms of uh, looking at um, projects and how to solve the finances and where to get the money. So when I started working with Emmanuel as a partner, as a, as a joint venture, the key, the other thing was is that his level of the number of contacts that he has. So we, we need we needed a partnership agreement, of course, and he knew the person to go to, and that person responded very quickly, the solicitor. Then you know it was an architect, and it was this person. So he's he's very very well known in the industry, um, and yeah, he's he's a real good role model for me because of what he's achieved in his own personal health, not just his finances, but his own personal health and how he um, conducts himself. So yeah, do not miss next week. I will certainly be here, but thank you today, Patricia, for all your time. Um, and I look forward to spending more time with you in the near future. Thank you, that's pretty kind. So everyone, have a great day.